Um, okay. That's all I know. That's where we are. <laughs> I just, I didn't share, we didn't share notes. Yeah. So what I wanted to first say at the onset is how important it is, how crucial it is to make sure that we avoid arrogance. Now, why is it so particularly crucial to avoid arrogance versus any other negative, you know, negative character trait? Negative character traits are bad. They're bad, and that's what we're here for to fix. Why is one worse than the other? Or why is one, particularly arrogance, what we're going to talk about tonight, why is that so much more important for us specifically versus the rest of the uh, other negative characteristics? You know, you think about this, you know, being uh, envious or being quick to anger or being impatient. Those are all negative characteristics, as is arrogance. How come arrogance is so important? So I think that uh, there's really a few answers. And as we know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure my brother must have mentioned last week that arrogance is what's called a gateway. It's a gateway uh, uh, characteristic. How so? Just like marijuana is a gateway drug, this is also a gateway characteristic that it could bring you to a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Arrogance at its core is arrogance, but it can be manifested in many different areas. For example, if I think I'm better than someone else, if I'm arrogant, and someone else cuts me off or someone else doesn't give me the proper respect, well, what happens? I get angry. So I only, people only get angry because of arrogance. Yes. Yeah. When you get cut off. When someone gets angry at someone else, that's that's a manifestation of arrogance. Yes. Hence, hence the arrogance is is really like a, it's like a gateway drug. It itself is bad, but it's also ha- it's a gift that keeps on giving, so to speak, in a negative sense. Yeah, because it keeps on causing someone to you know to to act in a way that's not the most refined and not what we want. And the other traits are not as uh, giving? Uh, most of them are not. We have a statement from one of the uh, Rabbeinu Yom, <coughs> one of the great uh, Musa and really uh, Jewish leaders of the 13th century. He says this boldly. He says it just straight up. He says that arrogance is the reason for all sin. Mm-hmm. Not just characteristic. Everything. He's, that's what he says. His arrogance is at the root. If you did deep... Behind everything, it, it, but behind every activity, every negative activity, you'll find that at, at its root there's, there's some sort of arrogance which is causing, which is uh, uh, the impetus behind the negative activity. So it, it, so it's, it on its own is very serious. It's very serious and it's very important. But I think specifically for us, uh, who, you know, when you have a Musar class and you're constantly tackling areas of your character you know and every two weeks you have a new area a new a new character trait and you'll work on it you learn about it you learn exercises about it and you start working on it and before you know it your laziness what happens to what happens to someone who works on their laziness who improves their laziness what happens to them they become less lazy Right, so a lazy person who used to be lazy but is lazy no longer, now runs the risk of becoming arrogant. So, in effect, what we're doing tonight and every other night of the Musa class is what we're really doing is becoming more arrogant. Invariably, when someone becomes better, improves in his character invariably they're going to become arrogant. Hence, it's like a, a trade-off. It's like we're, we, you know, we, we're, we're improving our patience, but well, we're becoming more arrogant. We're working on our anger, well, we're becoming more arrogant. Because, because, because when, when, I, when, I, when I am uh, attuned to patience, let's say, so I'm, become, I'm saying, okay, I'm going to be more patient, I'm going to be patient, I'm going to be more giving. Right? And then you see someone who's a little bit, lot, not as patient. 
What do you say? Ah, look at this guy. How or girl? How are they acting? What do you mean? They don't know about Musar? Well, you two weeks ago didn't know about Musar either, right? But now you learned about Musar, and suddenly you're judging everyone. You're 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 you're, you're, you're putting into focus your uh, your your quality versus them. So in effect, the danger of Musar. My brother would never tell you this. He would never tell you this because he wants you guys to come back. But the danger, the danger of Musar is always going to be that you improve in one area, but there is a great likelihood that you'll regress in a different area, namely arrogance. But it makes sense. I can see how that could be. This is a whole new angle now. But you can see, you can see what he's yeah. talking about. Yeah. So, so that's why. You know, I, I think it's natural. I think you know we've we've all experienced that. If 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 someone has really dedicated some time, some headspace, some effort into tackling one of their characteristics, they automatically are on the lookout for someone who is maybe failing in that area, and they immediately start judging them. So what is that? That's an activity of arrogance. So and we could safely argue, we could safely argue that if you improve one area, but you regress in another area, who says it's worth the trade-off? So, ironically... So let's get out of here. Let's go... <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> no. <laughs> no, but no. But that, that, the point is, is that this, that's why what we're talking about today... What we're talking about today is very important, especially for us. Now, I think it's also, arrogance is also somewhat of a tricky character trait. It's, it, 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 there's so much to say about it. It's, 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 it's a gateway characteristic. It's something that's very pertinent for us because we're working on other areas of our character. And I also think it's somewhat hard to diagnose because well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well no. okay I, I hear what you're saying I hear what you're saying but the point is is that if let's say someone else is angry but let's say I get very angry but I don't but I don't show it I'm angry inside I'm angry I'm boiling over but I, I don't display any anger just you know you wouldn't know that I'm angry right I'm angry but right I know when he's angry. Well, it's anger, arrogance. No, no, not necessarily. That's the same thing. Anger is anger. But anger, if it's not displayed, well, that's a good thing. If someone is able to, you know, control their rage, it's a very positive thing. That's maybe the first step in eliminating your rage. But if someone in their heart of hearts feels superior to others, but they don't look any different. Yeah. That's still arrogance. Arrogance is not any outward display. It's about the attitude that you have inside. And if in your heart of hearts you're thinking, I'm better than the guy, and I feel cool and talky about it, right? That alone is arrogance. You, can, you don't have to do any activity of arrogance. Arrogance itself shows that you're... Uh, priorities are messed up. It may be inside, but it definitely external as well. It definitely well, can be. It, it, I would say eighty or ninety percent it is. Yeah, but the point the point is is that with other with other I mean, characteristics, all they have to do is open their mind. Yeah, and and, and sometimes if it's also it, tuned in or smart enough, you can. And sometimes it's also like inflection. It's like the way they talk and the bravado and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah. Especially in business. Especially in business. I would say it's more external than you think. Yes. Let me qualify what, what, what I said, what, what I meant. The core characteristic of anger is expression of anger. If someone wakes up in the morning and they're lazy, but they say, I'm getting up anyhow, I'm getting out of bed and right, then starting to do my push-ups, right? So even though they feel lazy, but they don't act lazy, in fact, that's a very good thing. 
right? So what you feel inside doesn't really matter. It's what you do outside. With every other characteristic besides for arrogance. Arrogance is an, inter- an internal characteristic. That's what I meant. So yes, a lot of people have, it seeps outwardly. But we can say, listen, if, if someone's a lazy person, right, they don't want to wake up in the morning, they don't want to go this, they don't want to make those phone calls, they don't want to procrastinate, they, right? They'll, they'll, oh, they'll push it off, they'll push it off, I'd rather sleep, right? Laziness. It's very easy. It very, the solution is very easy. Don't be lazy. Anytime you feel lazy, just do it anyhow. Boom, you're not lazy anymore. It's a very easy solution. There's nothing that you could do to not be arrogant. You have to change internally. It's an, it, the, 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 the characteristic lies internally. And therefore, the activity that we're going to have to engage to combat it is going to be internal as well. Well, if you're not self-arrogant, so to speak, internal, aren't you creating complex to yourself because if you don't feel good about yourself in effect because you're arrogant I mean by being arrogant you're feeling good about yourself but if you're not then you're creating but but you're talking about about confidence confidence and arrogance are not the same thing they can be connected but they aren't necessarily connected you You know what I'm saying if you're always saying well everybody's better than me because I'm not arrogant everything everybody's better than me then bam You've got you're it. Well, it doesn't well, mean do that you you're not it? good, though. Do you believe that everyone's better than you? That doesn't mean you're not worth it. Right. And is judge, being judgmental tantamount to being arrogant? Okay, so what, 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 what has become clear is that there has to be some fine line here between someone feeling like, like they, they're, they're good for nothing, low self-esteem, low self-confidence, I can't do it, Right. And, uh, you know, that's, and someone saying, oh, shirking from responsibility as well. Say, oh, I can't accomplish anything. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just be a nobody. I'll just, you know, I'll just not accomplish things in life because I, you know, that's on one hand very bad. And in fact, the Torah tells us, as we know, um, uh, there's a statement, a shocking statement, which would seem to be very arrogant, but the Torah tells us that we actually have to say it. And I'll tell you the I'll tell you the statement. With this is from the Talmud in Sanhedrin. I think it's thirty six or thirty seven. A in the bottom, the Mishnah, and it says, "Chayav Adam Lomar Bishvili Nivra Haolam." Translate that into English. Chayav Adam Lomar. A person is obligated to say, "Bishvili Nivra Haolam." The world was created for me. Now tell me, if one, if you met someone who said. <laughs> The world. The world's my oyster. Right? That sounds very arrogant. Yeah, for sure. But what I hear from you and you, it's fine to say I'm fine. The difference is comparison. You're arrogant when you say I'm better than, is what I'm hearing. Right. Rather than saying, okay, but I'm able, the world was created for me. God thinks I'm a special because I am in God's image. And that's good. Okay, but what about you this are, statement? You are, you are, you are. But I don't have to compare. Now listen to this one. You ready? <laughs> um, I'm sure as a Muslim class, I'm sure you heard the name Rabbi Israel Salanter, Rabbi Israel mm-hmm. Salanter, who's very famous because he kind of brought the modern Musa movement uh, he, he, you know, he was the one who's the founder, so to speak. And he said, this is documented, quote, I have the mind of a thousand men, end quote. What he's saying is there is the intelligence of a man. Multiply that by a thousand, that's my intelligence. Now tell me, does that sound arrogant? According to the classification of Barbara, that would seem like it's very arrogant. Right. What is the context within which he said well, that? Well, I, I, that, that much I don't know. But clearly, if it's just about comparison, if it's just about comparison, well, then Rabbi Salanter, who is the founder of our movement, should be the most arrogant person. Well, think about that. A state, not a hundred men. A hundred, 
a thousand men. And when we know the man was a genius, of, the genius of, you know, of geniuses. But I think that we could still find a way to view him as not being arrogant. Yeah. So I don't think, oh. <laughs> I can see how. But you could think I can see how. there are other men who have 2,000. He was oh. smarter than he is. Two thousand. He's not making. A, he's not comparing, is he? Is he really? He's comparing? saying, "Yeah, I I have the mind of a thousand men," which means that there's a certain modicum of intelligence, which is the average man. Let's call that, you know, whatever oh, that may be. Okay. I have the mind of a thousand of them. So, do you have a a, a, ta- a task maybe that a thousand men would need to accomplish? I could do it on my own without it with his intelligence. I don't see it that way. Oh, whatever it means. Either way, he is clearly pointing. Uh, uh, or mentioning or bringing up or observing to the enormous intelligence that he has compared to others. You and don't see that I don't see arrogant? that. Of course it is. That I statement is arrogant that. on its face. Why? Because he could mean I am the result of a thousand teachers during my lifetime. That's why I said what was exactly. the context within which he exactly. said it. Because you don't know what, what surrounded yeah. that. It might not have been a statement of arrogance. It's, it's not my own mind. Okay, so it's the mind of many people influencing my mind. <laughs> well, I say, I thank God for making me a man and not a woman. Oh, you can't forget that. <laughs> 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 thank you for not making me a woman. Is You're that so arrogance? Wrong. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying, I, I, I think that's the best example that we could get. You know, that's where, a good example. I'm of saying what? of of what of <laughs> no <laughs> no no the, no Rabbi Salanter oh. saying that you know that to us uh, and I want I want to I want to I think I want to explain what the Talmud says about arrogance. Okay. Talmud is very interesting. Talmud tells us that arrogance equals idolatry. Huh. We typically think of arrogance in the realm of interpersonal relationships. The Talmud is telling us it has nothing to do with the way you interact with other people. It has to do with your relationship with God. And I think perhaps, perhaps the balance is that a person has to know his qualities. A person has to be aware of what gifts he got from God. When I say he, I mean he or she. That a person must know. And in fact, if a person does not know that and recognize that, what they, in essence, are doing, it's like when someone gives you a gift, right? And you don't even open up the gift. You don't even say, wow, thank you for giving me this uh, toy or this whatever. If you don't recognize the gift, that, that's a slap in the face of God. God's giving you gifts, whatever skills you may have. It may be your intelligence, it may be your wonderful uh, looks, or your wonderful success, or your wonderful personality. Those are gifts that you got from God. And you have to know that, because otherwise, you're rejecting His gifts. He gave you a gift because He loves you. Be aware of it. Be cognizant of it and thank Him about it. And it's nothing to be embarrassed about. But you have to remember that it's God's gift that He gave to you. Yes, I may be more intelligent than someone else, but does that make me better than them? No, because that was a, a gift that I got from, from the Almighty. You can never be arrogant with a gift that you got from someone else. Arrogance is only when you credit your successes or your intelligence to your own. You say, look at me, I'm so intelligent. But if you say, yes, I'm so intelligent, but that's, what the, cause the, that's the gift the Almighty gave me. I'm no better than you. The Almighty gave you your, your intelligence. It was just gifts that the Almighty gave. I'm no better than you. So in a sense, the, 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 it, what you, it's what you're saying, but it's even on a finer line. It's not that you don't think that you're... It, it isn't either. You don't think that you're better than someone else. It doesn't mean you think... You could be recognized that you have a greater gift than someone else, but that doesn't necessarily translate, doesn't have to translate into you feeling superior over them. I could know that, yes, I have a a mind of a thousand men, but I'm no better than someone else. Because that's the gift that I got, and that's the gift that he or she got. Now, wait a minute. minute. And what's wrong with that? What if you say, I am the best 
basketball. I'm better than a thousand basketball. I'm the best. Yeah, that that's, made that. That's a talent. And you could say that as arrogance. So. But well, it could, it could be so. That isn't that arrogant. The problem is that if it's not so, and you keep LeBron saying LeBron says, it, "I am the best. I am better than a thousand basketball players." And he and, and no, I think I think that's. I but think, that's arrogant. No, it's not if arrogant. somebody says that about him, it's not arrogant. But if he comes out to himself, it comes out and says, I'm the best. I am the best basketball player in the world. No, not the best. I'm better than the best. No, 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 no. He is the best. Yes. Uh, no, but I don't think that... I think he should still be humble, even though you know that you're the best at something. If you come out and say it, you can still be humble about it. Well, that? then we might I'm, call into I'm question... I'm the best in the world. We might call into question his motives by that. But the point of someone knowing... Remember... As we mentioned at the beginning, arrogance is not really about what someone says or what someone acts. It's about what someone really feels like on the inside. Right? That's just a minute. That, 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 you know, question is, you know, let's say you know that you're the best player in the world. You know that. Okay. So you may say it or not, irrespective of that. Arrogance is what, what's in your heart. You know you're the best. Okay. So but the, but the now you feel you, whether you open your mouth or not, and you think you're. I mean, that we is can acknowledge our good traits. Why is that? Why is that? Why is that? Why is that? No, absolutely not. Really the question is: Is do you say, Ah, I have X. Now I'm better than someone else. The question is: If you make that little leap of taking your gift that you got from God and translating that to a feeling of superiority over someone else who did not get that gift. Like you said, the comparison. Yeah. Right. Well, again, yeah. if you say, I'm the best, by its very nature, you're comparing yourself yes, to everyone else. Yes. No. So, I mean, I'm yes. sorry. No, no. I, I, I beg to differ because, I mean, seriously, if I say, I'm the you... best, that means, therefore, everyone else is less than me. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Okay. How can you be the best? How could you... Yeah, I, I think you get it. Come to, no, how can how you come to that statement yeah. without looking right. at others? Exactly. Yes, exactly. I, I, yes you're right, Mom. Okay, I, I think it's a very delicate line. I want to try to explain it one more time. It's a very delicate line. Well, first of all, if you say you are the best, forgive me, but I think you're arrogant. If you voice it out, you are putting everyone else in a situation of, of being uncomfortable that, oh, you're saying you're the best. I mean, I really, you know. That's the first thing I would say. I have news for you. You're not the best. Exactly. But I... I'm interrupting, but the thing that goes through my mind is like being six foot six and saying, I'm the tallest. What good for you? You are the tallest. What does that do for me? It's it's really as the rabbi said to begin with, it's how you then internalize it. So take what Dave said about LeBron. I could see the guy talking to his managers and just said, no, I'm really worth $50 because I'm really the best. <coughs> right. Yeah, he doesn't state. mean that in an arrogant way. No. No. It's no, he's talking. But again, it's all up here, I think is what you're saying, how you then... You could still be well, very humble. Yes. You could still be very humble. That's yeah. my point. Why can't you still be humble? I know that I have a certain gift. And, I, and I'm very thankful for it. And I'm very happy for it. But I don't feel that someone who do, else who does not have that gift, I'm better than them. Yeah, it means I may be better. Put it on the table. Yeah. Any way you put it, that don't sound so good, no, right? It gives everyone not. else an inferiority. That's right. Yeah, when you start right. saying, you know. No, and, even and if you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, no, I agree. Someone else yeah. says so the lesson is you just problem. don't say your best thing. You don't brag about yourself. Well, I'm amazed that a Musar master, a Salanter would say that. Yeah, but that's because... because arrogant statement. No, but it's not arrogance. It's not arrogance. It's not arrogance. We're told... Think about it this way. That's right. I'm wonderful. You know, <laughs> I'm the kindest. I'm the prettiest person I, in the yeah, world. Yeah, exactly. I'm the most I'm beautiful. The you know, I'm the, yeah, whatever. I just don't really. find that a, a person would be really humble to say that. That, that to me, just smacks <laughs> of arrogance. You're using a different characteristic. Um, humility <clears throat> is different than arrogance, I think. Well, they're 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 opposites. Well, but you can be you're making a statement of fact using the the best the biggest may give you uh, a connotation that's not the greatest. But 
saying that's my gift. I'm a, I'm a very good basketball player. That's different. I'm a great artist. I go to an art museum yeah. and I go, they're get, they're putting this piece of black <laughs> as art, but whatever people think that that's great art. But he's not saying. But wait a minute, Barbara. He's not saying I'm the best artist by putting a picture up there. There's a big difference. But they're yeah, that's, that's they are. Of an opinion. He's stating a fact almost, right? Yeah. No. That's what he's saying. He's I'm saying smarter than a thousand times. Why did he say that? That's a thousand what man? I'm sure he's not smarter than a thousand Einsteins. What man is the average man? What's an average man? Can you repeat the quote again, please? Now, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure the quote was probably either in German or in Yiddish or some other language. Do it in any language. But the way quote, the way I heard it. Okay, and I didn't hear from him because he died in 1883. <laughs> uh, but it was I heard it in English, and that would be, I have the mind of a thousand men. I mean, look at the idea of the Lombardies. We don't even know who they are. Okay. They don't brag about themselves. I'm sure the legends of the Lombardies don't brag and go, I'm, the, I'm a Lombardies. I, I don't, I, I, I Okay, I, I think we have to explain. It's probably not that he walked into a town square and took a bullhorn and said, I have the mind of a thousand men. It just, he might have said it in conversation because he, he understood the enormity of the responsibility that the Almighty gave him. And he took a leadership role as a result. And he realized that the Almighty expects him to accomplish more than a thousand. The, a thousand and you know what? If you look at his accomplishments, he, he, he did a lot more than a, than a, thousand, a, a thousand men. But But... I think someone could still have the gravity of the realization of what the Almighty expects from him as a result of the Almighty's, the tools the Almighty gives him. But do you think they voice it? I mean, that's, that's I guess, my so, question. Yeah, so, yes, so for us, for us, it's hard to imagine someone saying, oh, I, you know, I'm a this, that, with, because, without them trying to, you know, make the impression that they feel better than other people. But imagine if he just felt this in his heart. For example, yeah, okay. yeah, and you know, Tim, and he says, "Listen, I know this is what I have, and knowing that, that's not arrogance. If you know you're, the, if you happen to be the best ball player in the world, then, and you, you know, you know that, that's not arrogance. That's just a fact. It, the pro, you know, there's some people are delusional, and they think that they are what they're not. That's the worst. <laughs> but arrogance should even mean when someone actually knows what they." Are and it's not a misrepresentation of the facts, but the question is, what are you going to do with that? You could know, you could know that you're gifted in whatever area, and that could bring you towards humility, because you realize what it is that you need to accomplish to justify those gifts. I was just going to add to that too, though. How about also thinking, making sure that you recognize what other people's talents and qualities are that will keep, that, keep you humble. And, that, and that's indeed you know, a, that, a, that's a method. You're a and you're this and you're that, right? That, that's a method. Yeah. That's one of the methods that we use. Um, uh, the, Talmud says, the Talmud smarter, says, the Talmud says. And we don't say we're better. We might say we have a gift. Well, I think that's But once you utter I'm better and smarter, then you are showing out. The Talmud, the Talmud tells of a dialogue that I think a, a parent had with, with his child and the ch- he, he, the uh, the father tells him he says listen if you're more intelligent if someone else is more intelligent than you or more or wealthier than you or bigger Torah scholar than you or right then how could you feel arrogant they're better than you uh, in whatever area and let's say you're more intelligent or you're a bigger Torah scholar you're wealthier well then you have to think that all your activities are are judged on a much higher level on a much more, they're scrutinized more heavily. You say, listen, hey, I have the mind of a thousand men, but now if I sin, that's much worse than some dude who sins because I'm more suspected of me. So I'm probably a bigger sinner than he is. The point being is that we don't necessarily take our gifts and translate that into being better as a human. I may have a greater brain, a more capacity for calculation. That doesn't mean I'm a better person. Doesn't mean the Almighty loves me more. Doesn't mean I have any more value than you. And yes, it's very important for us to be aware of our qualities. 
If someone doesn't know that they have a mind, if someone has a mind of a thousand men and doesn't know that, that's way worse than being arrogant. Because if someone is arrogant, well, they could fix that. If someone does not know their qualities, they don't even know what tools they have to work with. So I think that if we're going to actually build uh, the, the progression, first you have to make sure that you know everything that you do have. Because that's the gifts the Almighty gave you. And he gave, you, he gave them to you for a reason. And that reason is to use them. We all have a tool belt. And those tools are what we're going to use to accomplish what it is to be an accomplished life. And if you don't know that, well, you don't even have where to start. Mm-hmm. So you better know that you have the mind of a thousand men if, you know, if, if that's the deal what you have. That being said, the next step would be the recognition that this comes from God. It's like... How can you feel better than you know what it's like driving around the you know when when your rich uncle comes with his Mercedes so you say can I take it for a drive and you go around the neighborhood like this right and you're like you're right but you really it's silly to feel to feel arrogant it's not yours someone gave it to you right you realize that what you have is a gift from God you won't feel arrogant you don't feel superior you know that you have it but it's a gift. You know, no one walks around, well, not no one, most people don't walk around and say, look at me, I could digest. <clears throat> Even though digestion, if you were to isolate digestion, and say, you know, it's a pretty remarkable, well, rough, <laughs> but it's a pretty be- remarkable still. It's, it's a remarkable still, think about that. You're, 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 I'm able to process foods, break them down, separate all the positive things and remove all the other things and it's an amazing skill that I have. How come people don't walk around saying, look at me, I can, I think I can digest. No one puts that as their Facebook site. Well, maybe some people do. No one puts that as their accomplishments. Grade A digester. Why don't people write that? Look what a skill it is. It's much, much, a much greater skill than dunking a basketball. A much greater skill. The reason is because we realize that that's from God. We did nothing to accomplish that. It's someone else's Lexus. It's a, it's a steal that we got. We're lucky. We should be grateful that we can digest. Doesn't mean, and we should be aware of that. Let's say it's a gift from God. You, you better be aware of it. We have a prayer after every time you use the restroom. There's a to- the Judaism is a prayer to be thankful. Right? You realize that this is wonderful, but you also realize you got it from God. And once you have that realization, there's no arrogance. There's no superiority. How could you feel superior? It's silly to feel superior when you're playing with someone else's money. Can I say something? Yeah, sure. What about religion? You see, you're a Jew, and you're very happy with that fact that you are, and you love Judaism. But 98% of the world is not. 99.8. So, so you see all these Christians and Muslims and so on. Do you ever compare or look at them and think and think what what kind of life they go through and what they believe in? And what, and do you ever feel superior? Yes. Okay, so you want to know? Uh, you asking me me the, me me specifically or or all of us? All of us. Um, yes. We love feel that we're better. I don't know if we can even feel that we're better. Smarter. We are grateful. <laughs> well, that might be a reality. I'm saying that might be a, that might be data. That might be data, and that's fine. If it's data. Yes, it is. But I, I think that we can feel grateful, be very happy. I'm proud to be Jewish. I'm I'm proud to be American. Think about that. You know, people say. Yes, you know, we, we, did you, the fact that, did you decide to which family you were going to be born into? Did you make a decision to do that? No. Well, well, then you can't take any pride in the fact that you are from, you can't feel you're superior to someone else because you were born in Texas as opposed to Nicaragua, right? You can be very happy about it. You can be grateful about it. You can know about that, but you can't feel like you're superior. So I think the same thing. What do we do to be born Jewish? Nothing. We might make that decision. You know? um, maybe we can't. I don't know. Maybe we can. Could we? But unfortunately, there are people in religions who do 
feel that superiority, don't they? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sort of well, we might feel like we have. I do in a way. I mean, I mean, talking about. I did not. But then again, I'm uncomfortable. No, we listen. We do have. We have a superior religion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No question. That's not a question. Uh, and well, we're right, they're wrong. Exactly. <laughs> well, we don't say it that way. Well, superior religion, but, uh, why not? Well, not not to the rest of the world. We don't say that. No, I'm saying and it's it's. But you know what? The Japanese have a, have a, their flag is a huge sun, right? Yeah. Because we're all the way in the east. Some con- sun comes to us first. You know, everyone feels like they're superior, right? You watch the World Cup, and everyone's with their flag. Everyone feels superior. We happen to be right. Oh That's the difference. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> huh? Let's not forget that. The what? Let's not forget that. The what? That we are right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Rabbi, don't you feel all racism, <laughs> all, in, all um, racism and all um, anti-Semitism, that all stems from Americans. Every bit of it stems from Americans. Well, anti-Semitism is a very unique uh, phenomenon. Yeah. But it's still a part, you know. It's unique because you, you can't. If you feel better, if you feel superior or better than any other race, religion, or creed, you're arrogant. Uh, that's a good argument. I don't know. I'm not. Uh, what? That's 100% of the world. That is. Yeah. It is. What? So everybody's got that little tinge of arrogance. All you have to do is look around. Look at all the wars. Look at all the conflicts. Look at all the neighbors fighting with each other. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Better than you, and I'm and, right. And no, 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 no. I, but I think those those two those two those two statements aren't necessarily the same. You could say, "Listen, I'm right because I'm I, you know we happen to be right. That's well, the data. Well, my, my That's the evidence, right?" right? I'm not necessarily better than you. Well, I was born as a family, or I joined the family, whatever. But you could join if you want as well. You know, means I, I still think that we could have this this fine line between saying, "Listen, the reality is that I have a mind of a thousand men. I'm the best basketball player. I'm part of a religion that happens to be right." Right? Does that necessarily translate into me being better than you? Maybe that's arrogance. That's where arrogance is. I'm very thankful. I'm very happy. I take pleasure in the fact that I could, I could digest. I don't say I'm better than someone else. Look at me. Look what I have. Right? You know, I don't use that to. Uh, uh, I don't use that to feel superior to someone else. Be, take pleasure. Don't take pride. Yeah, some of these statements are more sub- subjective than others. For example, your statement about the basketball play—something that can be measured, more or less. You know, how many, yeah. whatever yeah, you did, yeah. or you whatever. can measure that. These other statements seem to me to be, you know, you really can't measure a thousand whatever. You know, I understand, yeah, you take an average whatever, take an average brain. And, and again, you know, many of these statements are very subjective. Um, so they can't be quantified. You cannot say, this is right. You know, you can't, you know, you can't, you can't do it. It's, it's difficult to do. Well, it's difficult doesn't mean that you can't do them. We have a lot of models that we use to, you know, to, to have, you know, I think in today's society there is this idea that everyone's right and everyone's, everyone has their right to what's called and, and, and every kid wins, so there's no competition. Yeah, so that, you know, but I think that that's, a, that's the trend, you know, everyone wants to, you know, politically correct. But I do believe, I think with measuring intelligence, we have very... Uh, accurate models of re- measuring intelligence. You know, we have a system that, uh, you know, like the college admission system, which is basically a yeah. way to, you know, for the more intelligent uh, students to have a better shot at the better schools, typically, right? So we do have some methodology that we could use, and people we know, you know, we know, we you know, you know that, you know, well, I'm sorry. When the rabbi Salanter made this statement, though, I mean, I'm. Either way, I, I think the context is, isn't the point. The point is that he knew it. And knowing that is nothing wrong. And in fact, if you don't know it, that's when something is wrong. But saying it. Knowing it and saying it. So we don't know what the context is. We don't know what the context is. So once you say it, I think for us, 100 years later, the context... I, I, but I, I don't know what, what's the difference with you, whether or not you say it. If it. Provided that you know 
if someone happens to know that they're greatly skilled in a certain era, what's what's wrong with saying it? This necess- you're not saying it in the context of necessarily showing your superiority. You could say it. It's a gift the Almighty gave you. Why would you not want to tell other people about it? Well, first of all, they ought to be able to tell. Yeah. You know, when you when you bra- you know, when you say something, I really I can't stand someone trying to tell me who they are because I can pretty well tell you who you are by being around you. But then they try to when they try to tell you, I'm telling you, they they try to tell you. I'm you know I had a principal of my children's school telling me how great the school was, how every teacher was incredible, and I'm going, come on. I mean, we've been here a while. I know not every teacher is created equal here. And to sit there and, you know, put this up to this level, you know, it, it, it really is demeaning to a person listening to it in a way. When, when someone has to convince me or tell me that they're that wonderful, I automatically go, I'm, I'm not sure I want to be around that. I don't care how wonderful you are. So I'm just trying to say to you that, when someone comes out with such a statement like that, you know, you get to a level, I think, of self-actualization where you are very calm and don't have to let it out that you are the best or the greatest at whatever. You, you, know, you know that and you've taken the responsibility on of leadership, everything that comes with that trait, whatever it is, everything that comes with that gift that God gave you. And I don't think you verbalize it because I think once you verbalize it, people look at you. I think there's there's a danger when you verbalize it. There's a danger of you taking that as a sign of your superiority. Uh, But remember, the real problem with arrogance is not that other people won't like you. That's indeed one of the reasons. The problem is is that you're showing that you don't believe in God. It's a repudiation of faith. That's the real problem. When someone has arrogance, they're rejecting God. Because they're in essence saying, God didn't give it to me, I got it myself. Hence, I have the right, the license to feel better than someone else. comes into question in my mind greatly whether they're arrogant or not. And in general, I would say, you know, I, I'm looking at them going, I don't need to be told. You know, you, you really don't need a statement like that. Just basically, you know, we're all human beings. We all analyze. And when you're told what to think, it, it calls into question a lot of things about that person's character that is <coughs> And 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 that's what I mean by it. I mean, yes, if the person said, you know, God gave me this wonderful gift, and I am the greatest piano player mm-hmm. right now. And I'm so I grateful would, for and that. And I'm so grateful. That's I would different. think differently. Different. I would think differently. It's different. That but is. than yes. someone saying, I am the greatest. Muhammad Ali. Yeah. 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 I'm the greatest of all time. I'm the greatest of all time. That is a different That is a big difference, isn't it? Very big. You know, when you say, and you acknowledge verbally that you are humble because you didn't have anything to do with this, I think in a very different way about that person versus someone that comes out with a statement, a blanket statement that they're, you know, the best school with the best teachers. And, you know, I want to go, lady, come on. My kids have had teachers here. They're not the best. I mean... Some of them are, some of them aren't. But I, I think that your point that you're bringing up is that um, if someone, let's say, is the greatest, let's assume someone is the greatest, or someone is very skilled in whatever area, you know, they are very susceptible to arrogance. Yes, yes yeah. they are. So, and, and therefore they have to be particularly um, watchful, vigilant, to make sure that they're not going to fall into that trap. Yes, so indeed, let's assume the school was the best school. You wouldn't say that. Yeah. Uh, so whether or not you say it or not. But I also think there's also the danger of someone saying, I'm the greatest, and it's hard. He's saying, I'm the greatest, 
And I'm even humble because I'm not telling the world about it. That's that's even worse because they're arrogant, you know, they're arrogant, and, you know, and uh, they think that they're not. You know, um, I think if someone is has um, contrary, it's just a contrarian opinion here, perhaps if someone has the ability, the chutzpah, to say, I have the mind of a thousand men, it's, it's, it, for us, we view it as arrogant because for us, we don't understand the magnitude of the responsibility of making sure that you don't have one shred of arrogance. You know, we're told, just, just as an example, we're told that Moses, you know, Moses, on one hand, is someone who had the most reason to be arrogant. Think about it. He was the one who brought the Torah to this world. He took the Jews out of Egypt, you know. And the Torah t- testifies about him that he was the least arrogant person, the most humble person p- uh, possible. And the connection between someone's greatness and someone's humility is clearly emphasized. Moses was the, Moses was the greatest, and he had he had the most humility. So I think specific, and we know we were talking about the king, for example. There's several mitzvahs that are applicable only to a Jewish king. And <coughs> all the mitzvahs are that uh, ways to curb his potential for for arrogance. For example, he has to have a he has to write two Torah scrolls and keep one with him at all times, even when he's out and traveling and about, and one in his palace. And the Torah says he has to have that, so he shouldn't become arrogant. The king is more potential for arrogance, therefore he has to be more vigilant to protect that. But I, I think if we can imagine a world where someone is so acutely aware, and it's part of their bones, the necessity for, 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 for humility, I think that if someone is able to say, I have the mind of a thousand men, it's a greater demonstration to their humility. Because otherwise, okay. as I said, contrarian opinion, right? Yeah, well, okay. You're allowed to have your opinion. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. We might have In a world... I can't make the connection. Yeah, he has I, to make I, the connection. I can make the connection. You could? It's, okay, tell everyone. It's not easy to say. They're attacking I, I me. I don't know if I can put it in words, but he is not saying, I am the smartest of a thousand men. He's saying, I have the mind of a thousand men and that can mean You're volumes right. yeah. well, it can, it mean, can else. mean I am the product of a thousand people in my life who have taught me to have this mind and we are, all of us are Ava you're not making a leap here? no <laughs> no I'm not well, I'm not you can I'm interpret not. that any way you want I guess by but that's saying. how I see it Okay, okay, I'm, okay. I have something else I want to introduce here <laughs> okay listen to this <laughs> We're told by the Torah with finality that Moses was the most humble man to ever walk the planet. That's what we're told. And we accept that on faith at face value. In the Midrash, we have a dialogue between Moses and the angels sent to kill him. And it's a remarkable dialogue. I don't know if there's a midrash here. Um, it's the very, very last uh, midrash in in midrash Rabbah. It's one of the biggest, the biggest midrash is a collection of of statements of Mishnaic and Talmudic era statements on the Torah, and additionally on the Jewish Bible. And it contains teachings and uh, parts of the oral tradition with regards to the narrative and the laws of the Torah. The Midrash is giving us, so at the end of the Torah, the very last thing that happens in the Torah is that Moses dies. And the Mid, therefore, at that corresponding part of the Midrash, we have the, 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 you know, the, the insight as to what happened when Moses died. So what happens is that God sends certain angels and says, I want the neshama, I want the soul of, of, of Moses. As we know, death by definition is taking the soul and leaving the body, Right? After someone dies, their body is still around. It's just it's dead because the soul is gone. The soul is what gives the body vitality. So the angel goes to Moses and Moses says, and Moses says, what are you doing here? 
Obviously, Moses, if Moses could talk to God, he could certainly talk to angels. And he says, what do you mean? I can't take your soul. He says, get out of here. He says, what do you mean? Get out of here. What do you mean, get out of here? You know, um, so the God sent me, you know, sent me to, sent me to get the, your soul. He says, to get my soul, you are going to take my soul. You know what? You know who I am. You know what I accomplished. Do you know that I brought ten plagues unto unto Pharaoh in Egypt? Do you know that I I brought the Torah? I went forty days and forty nights without eating or without eating or drinking. And he starts listing his accomplishments. And you read that and say, wait a minute, slow down. The Torah clearly says Moses was the most humble man that ever lived, and here we have him saying, saying in a certain context, to an angel, all these things. And he's talking about, I taught Torah, and I, I, I carried these, the nation, I was the greatest leader. I don't remember exactly what it says, because I don't have the text in front of me. I can get the text if someone's interested in that. Clearly, saying that you are X, if that is true, is not arrogance. Because otherwise, the Torah and the Midrash are incompatible. The Midrash clearly knew what the Torah said about him, and the Torah clearly knew the, about this, this dialogue. So the fact that the Torah is able to say with absolute, you know, with no doubt, with no hesitation, Moses was greatest, uh, was, was not the greatest, but uh, greatest as well, but the most humble man that ever lived. And we know that Moses knew about his accomplishments and in a certain context even mentioned it. That's not arrogance. That's his curriculum. His resume. Yeah. It's a reality. It's, it's a fact. Yeah. It's a fact. And Moses was still knew that this was from God and still didn't feel superior to even the schleppiest guy in the street. The shlemiel and shlemazels, as they say in Yiddish. A shlemiel, some dude. Moses didn't feel one iota better than him. Why in fact, Moses... Why would Moses not want his soul going to Hashem? What? Why would Moses not want his soul going to Hashem? That's a good question. That's a, a very different topic. But the answer is, is because Jews hate dying because once you're dead, you can no longer accomplish anything. You can't do any mitzvahs. Can't. Right? Your 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 time, your opportunity is gone. But if he knew, but when he dies, he sh- he would be happy probably. So go to his shem. Perhaps. Still, he wants to grab as many mitzvahs as possible. Okay, that's a good answer. It's like uh, yeah, it's like it's like filling up your bags with gold. You know, like why would you, you know? Yes, of course you'll be able to enjoy the gold afterwards, and now it's hard work schlepping, but you don't want to leave. Right, you want to be able to fill up even more, right? Okay. So that, that, that's my argument. My argument is that Moses treaded the line very, very well. Moses was the most humble person that ever lived. Yet Moses, under certain circumstances, attested to his wonderful accomplishments, and still he didn't feel superior to the, the Shlemiel and Shlemazel, the Jewish people. And he felt that they could have done whatever he did, given if they had the same circumstances. And I had gifts, I had a mission, I accomplished my mission, perhaps they accomplished our mission as well. I'm no better than them. I'm no better than them. And you know what? If I did accomplish my mission and they didn't accomplish it, I'm still no better than them because now every sin that I do is magnified. And we know that Moses' sins are always magnified. Every time Moses, Moses does something, like he, he, he does any little thing wrong, it's automatically plastered. If you look, read the Torah, if you just, you just given a book, said, here, read this book, a very popular book. And you read it and you say, who's the villain? You'll say, Moses. Look at the book. Moses is berated more than everyone else combined. How many times does God say, Moses, what are you doing? God got angry at Moses. God got angry at Moses. Right? Clearly, the, and, but Moses is still the greatest person ever lives. This book is so crazy. How, how do these things work out? The point is that Moses, at a higher level, is judged as well as a, at a higher level. So therefore, to Moses... He's thinking, I'm not the better than someone else. Why? My sins are much worse than his sins. That person could sin his whole life and I make one slight mistake and I'm worse off because more is expected of me. Because, uh, because I, I was given greater gifts by God. So, and I think that's really the balance that we have to strike. And yes, it is somewhat of a hard thing because the second we say I'm the greatest, we start thinking, oh, I'm the greatest and you're not the greatest. I'm better than you, right? But we make that leap. And for us, sometimes it's hard to wrap our head around the fact that these are separate things. We have to disconnect the gifts that we have and the feelings that we have of superiority or of identity vis-a-vis other people. 
And I think that maybe the first way to start, I, uh, Susan mentioned one idea, that is, yeah, we have to realize that we also have shortcomings. And we just look at our own, our, we look at our own gifts and other people's shortcomings. That's what we tend to do. No one, we don't dwell on our own shortcomings. Oh, well, well, they, well, they, well, well, they, well, that's the other problem that we give. Then we, then we, then we lose our self-esteem. But we're quick to judge other people, and we, you know, we judge ourselves perhaps by our intentions and other people by their results. Then we say, "Yeah, I screwed up, but I kind of meant good." But when someone else screws up, we say, "Dude, I screwed up. What are you thinking?" Uh, but perhaps I think that the way for us to develop a sensitivity towards this is to not view ourselves and view other people um, or view ourselves and other people um, by comparison. I was given a certain mission in this world. I was given tools for that mission. I hope to God that I'm able to, I'm able to succeed in the mission. I hope I, I have the, the wherewithal and the fortitude and the and the you know the the skills and the know-how and the ability to actually be successful. I'm very thankful for my own gifts. I'm very happy. I don't I don't want anyone else's gifts. And then you know I'm very happy that the Almighty gives me challenges because challenges are opportunities to grow. And I'm my own individual person. And perhaps what we mentioned at the beginning, everyone has to say the world is created for me. Right? Remember we mentioned that at the beginning. Perhaps the idea is, is that, yes, I have to judge myself as an individual. The entire world was just for me. Not that it wasn't necessarily for someone else, but the point is, is that the way I value myself is as if I was the only person in the world. Not in reference to other people. Uh, because the second I do that, I run the risk of feeling superior as a result of my, of my gifts. And not, uh, not taking pleasure... And taking responsibility as well, for you know, for for my gifts, I have to say, listen, I'm I was granted by God a certain modicum of, of intelligence or or whatever, whatever. I have to use that for mitzvah. It's an obligation. Try to take our gifts and and, and try to not translate that as to who I am and how, my identity compared to other people, but rather as an obligation. I was granted with certain. Uh, I'm a mind of a thousand men. I have the obligation of a thousand men. And I have the responsibility of a thousand men. And I'm judged a thousand times more, uh, more critically. That should be the inference. And I think probably Moses knew, Moses knew he was, the, he, Moses knew that he spoke to God. He knew that other people didn't speak to God. He knew that. He was well aware of who he was and his, and his, and his state. <coughs> he didn't translate that into feeling superior. And I think, you know, when we, when we uh, engage in our efforts, Musar efforts, in whatever area of Musar that we're working on, you know, we have to realize that we have opportunities, we're, um, we're gifted with, um, you know, the environment and the classes and the initiative to, to change ourselves. But we run the risk. We have we face the danger of of taking that and translating that to arrogance, and I think with every step that we take in in uh, success in tackling whatever characteristic we are working on, we have to take a corresponding step in making sure that our that our arrogance doesn't get out of hand by saying yes, I am working on my laziness, but this is what I'm supposed to do. This is I'm doing my responsibility. This is my digestion. I don't feel pr- uh, I, I don't I don't I, I don't take I, I'm very happy about it. I don't feel like I'm superior. Who knows what other area of uh, of uh, of character I'm myself <coughs> lacking? One what area that other person has has over me? I may be indeed working on a certain characteristic. And I'm very happy about that. I take tremendous pleasure in that. Take pleasure, not pride. Right? Don't feel superior as a result. So that I think that's the balance, and you know it's not easy for us to think about someone saying "I have the mind of a thousand men" and not translating that into arrogance. But I think that the 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 the, the process that we have to engage in, the internal process, is one of saying yes, everyone has something that they're special in. They don't necessarily need to take that and make and and and, and take that as a license to feel superior. 
And like we mentioned, arrogance is rejection of God because we don't realize what God, how God enabled us to accomplish what we accomplished, what God gave us. We're, you know, we're working with borrowed money. It's borrowed money. We're driving the Almighty's Cadillac. That's the idea. What, what does everyone say here? Yeah. Good class. Okay. Very, very good. You guys want me back? You want me back, or you'd rather have my brother back? He'll be back here next week. That's a lot of questions. We like both of you. We like both of you. You both spin it a little different. You teach the different style. We like both of you. Yeah? You're very strong. Yes. Yeah? You like it? Yes. Oh, thank you. Rabbi, so a, a rabbi that if you're more learned can we, can and you know Torah,